All right, here he is, Nigel Glockler from Saxon. Nigel, what's going on, man? Hey, talking to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, thanks for uh, coming on. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Much appreciated. You're in uh, you're in Texas now, right? Yeah, Dallas. Why the uh, why the move to the states? Well, we, I mean, I was uh, well. My wife's American, um, and I mean, we were a few years ago. We were near um, Austin. Oh, okay. And and, um, and then I had to go back. Had to go back because of uh, work there, and then the pandemic hit, and we decided to come back here to Dallas. So. Here we go, and the weather's better. <laughs> do you do you uh, do you like being over here? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, you know, before we get into the the sax and stuff, uh, last night I came across footage of you uh, playing on, uh, I believe it was uh, German TV with uh, Toya, uh, and yeah. that, that must have been uh, what 1980, 1981. It's just incredible seeing uh, old footage like that. I love it. Yeah, it was the end of eighty one, towards the end of eighty one. Yeah. Are you uh, are you in contact with her anymore or no? Oh yeah, all the time. Oh no, kidding. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever just sit back and, and reflect on this legendary career you've had from Toya, Saxon, obviously, uh, a GTR, <laughs> a million other incredible projects? Do you ever take time to soak it all in, or do you you just uh, you keep on moving forward? There's time for uh, reflection when you're retired. No, I do, I do look back. Actually, it's funny, a, a lot of the time I, I sort of look back and think. Maybe I should have done that a bit differently, whether it's musical or career decisions or whatever. But, you know, I'm a big advocate of looking forward, you know. Sure. The here and now, I'm a big advocate of looking forward here and now. But, no, I sort of look back and um, I'm just very appreciative that I've had this long career, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. And this brand new Saxon album, Hellfire and Damnation, which is out now, uh, it's really a, a great record and, and it blows me away that – this late into into Saxon's career, you guys are still churning out excellent records. <laughs> no, I mean you know we're we're well pleased with it, and uh, as I always say, we're just uh, you know we, we sort of really feel appreciative that people still want to hear our stuff, you know, and yeah. that we can tour and record and whatever. Yeah, because this is what the uh, like the the twenty fifth Sac uh, Saxon record, which is insane to even say, and, and I think what your seventeenth or eighteenth with the band. Something like that. Yeah, I've lost count. <laughs> well, and when you when you initially uh, came into the band in, in 1981, it was uh, a fill-in for, for Pete Gill, uh, who had a hand injury, and then, of course, ended up joining yeah. Motorhead. But this was uh, originally, if I understand right, it was really just a, a temporary uh, fill-in when you came in, right? And then it, now it's turned yeah. into four Yeah, it was. Because the initial plan was, you know, I was going to do a week or maybe two weeks. And... Um, they had an, when I went up and had a blow with them, actually, they'd been auditioning a couple of other drummers. Um, and then the idea was, I think, um, because I was doing a lot of sessions, you know, you have to pick things up really quick sure. when you're doing session work. So they said, you know, can you do this? And we'll have, you know, the best of the other guys. They had one guy singled out, I think. We'll have him sit behind you every gig. So it gives him more time to learn the, the stuff because basically I had two days oh, to wow. learn the setting. Yeah, yeah. Wow. and, um, you know, I sort of – I'm not that clever. I sort of wrote things down. <laughs> wrote things down. I, I wrote a sort of cheat book down, you know, and just stupid things, not, not with musical connotation but just sort of things. Graham starts this, four riffs in, you know, just sort of that sort of rubbish thing just to give me guidance. 
you know, and um, the guy was behind me for the first gig, and after that he disappeared. I think they'd sent him home, so I think I think it was <laughs> wow. Like, I think that was always the plan. I think you know to sort of grab me. I think, and it was I think it was after about a week or ten days. Um, where did we play? I can't remember. We played a, a sort of indoor festival, and I was we were staying at this little sort of country hotel, and, and I was gone to you know had a few beers gone to bed suddenly my bloody door of the hotels kicked in and then everyone's sitting down the bottom of my bed you know <laughs> saying we want you to join wow that's an incredible so basically story. i told them to f off and i'll let them know in the morning <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's incredible. That's how, it, that's how it happened. But it was just funny the way this guy was there for the first gig. And after that, it was like, well, where's he gone? <laughs> well, given <laughs> given uh, given how long that you guys have, have been at this, and, and I know at least you and, and uh, Biff, I, I believe, are in your 70s, uh, yeah. could this potentially be the, the final Saxon record? Or you think you still got more in the tank after this one? Oh, there's more in the tank. <laughs> there's definitely more in the tank, without a doubt, you know. Do you see Saxon to, to ever be the band that's like, here's our farewell tour, this is going to be our, our final record, or do you think it's just when it's over, it's over, and there's no need to make uh, you know a huge fuss about about you know a farewell tour because obviously yeah, you know nobody puts stock into farewell tours anymore. No, sure. I mean, we haven't. You know, I mean, what's it? Some bands we doing farewell tours for like fifteen years. You know, <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll just sort of decide as and when and what we do. Whether we do a farewell tour or just stop, we'll just see what happens. You know. You find that you know being a, a Saxon being a gigantic part of the uh, new wave of British heavy metal and, and really staying uh, true to your roots throughout uh, the, the near fifty year career, not going the more commercial direction, uh, you know, similar to, to Def Leppard or something. Do you find it easier to, to put out new records, uh, you know, in this day and age, almost half a century later? The fans still appreciate it; they they want to hear new music, they want to hear it live, as opposed to. A band like Def Leppard, great band, but obviously, you know, nowadays, uh, and their new their new album, Diamond Star Halos, I thought was pretty good. But a vast majority of people, they want to hear that the radio hits, and and uh, you know, they don't want to hear stuff from on through the night because they don't even know what that record is. But with Saxon, right. you know, you guys have always kind of stayed true to your roots. So, do you feel, uh, you know, I mean, it, it it seems that people want this is something they want is new Saxon music. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, we did sort of. I think musically we did kind of lose our way a little bit because, you know, during the sort of, um, say, mid-'80s and stuff because our management, you know, there was all the hair metal out and sure. the manager and the management were saying, oh, you've got to crack America, you've got to write an album for America. I mean, how the hell do you write an album for America? Who knows what's <laughs> going to take off? Sure. You know, it's like... So we did get, you know, we did lose our way a little bit. I mean, quite frankly, we should have just stuck to what we were doing, you know, which sure. is just basically a dirty rock and roll band, you know. But um, I think, you know, even nowadays, I mean, you can see it in the audience. I mean, we get young kids at the front, all the festivals we do. In fact, all the gigs we get, you know, we've got a young audience at the front. Yeah, there's a lot of the old faithfuls there as well. But a lot of these young kids, you know, maybe they're coming with their dads or whatever. They've got into it. And funnily enough, they know the bloody lyrics better than we do. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be an incredible feeling playing and, and seeing, you know, multi-generations uh, watching the show. I mean, that's just uh, an incredible legacy to have. 
yeah it is it's great it's re- yeah it's it's really fulfilling to to see that you know uh obviously uh brian tatler from diamond head was was brought into the fold at least in a, in a live respect for now to replace uh paul quinn who retired and that came about because uh both saxon and, and diamond head share the uh the same management right and obviously you guys have known each other from doing i'm sure many many shows together over the years but uh it was yeah. it was really management that kind of facilitated that whole thing well, well the, the the thing was um i mean we'd had um Diamond Head had, had supported us on, you know, quite a few shows. Sure. So we knew them. We'd known them a long time. And there was one thing, not last year, the year before, I think Paul had, I think he might have had COVID or something. I can't remember what it was. And we had a, we had some festivals lined up. So we actually, because we knew Brian, we actually, Brian actually learned the set just in case Paul couldn't do it. But as it happened, oh, wow. Paul came Paul came back. But I mean, the thing about getting Brian, it wasn't so much a management thing, not at all. It was, we sort of thought he's of our era, you know, he's our style of playing. Yeah, sure, we could have had like a 20 year old whiz kid, you know, playing about 3,000 notes a second. But that's not what we're about. Sure. You know, and I think, quite frankly, having a youngster up there would, would have just been ridiculous. But, you know, you, you had to have someone that was sort of into what we were doing. You know, and he was the perfect choice. So when it when it came time uh, to to make it all happen, when when Paul left, so that Brian was the the immediate and obvious choice. There wasn't like a, a list of of other guys that you wanted to speak with. It was it was Brian right off the rip. Brian, yeah, it was Brian. Brian straight away. We see, you know, we know the guy's a great player. We get on with him, great. Let's let's see what happens. Well, Paul is is uh, he's still a member of of Saxon, though, correct? He's just retired from touring, similar to uh, what the the Motley Crew and Mick Mars situation was uh, supposed to, appeared to be before all the drama and the lawsuits. Is, yeah. is that is that kind of is that kind of how uh, this whole thing's working? Though he's still yeah. Uh, I mean, so, I mean, Paul will always be part of the Saxon family. Sure, you know, always. He's got that. You know, he's got that legacy. He'll always be part of it. But the fact is, he's. You know, it's like Brian is now the other guitarist. That's it. And they're both on on Hellfire and, and uh, Damnation, right? They both play on the record. Yeah, I mean, Paul just plays a couple of solos on it. Oh, I guess. We thought it'd be nice to get Paul in to play a couple of solos and everything. But basically, I mean, Brian and Doug, you know, did all the guitars. In fact, actually, Doug did most of most of the um, rhythm guitars and everything is Doug. Oh, I gotcha. And, uh, you know, that was just how it worked out with the with the recording schedule and everything. And, and, and I mean, Doug's done an amazing job on it. And then Brian's come in and, and played some great stuff too. So is, is Brian uh, like an official member of Saxon now, or is he still just, just, uh, you know, just filling in? I think, I think you could say he's an official member. I mean, it's like, what are we going to do? Like two years down the road? <laughs> no, you still have to, actually the funny thing is, like, you know, it almost goes back to the, the thing, you know, when I was there, you know, it was like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm still drumming with them two years down. They haven't officially asked me to join, you know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, obviously, uh, you know, you guys also have this this uh, massive U.S. tour uh, with Uriah Heep. And how, how, yeah. did, how did that come about? Because, you know, of course, both bands are also, you guys are doing uh, uh, Europe with uh, Judas Priest. So yeah. did this U.S. tour uh, together sort of stem from that, or did it just happen to be coincidental that you both just happened to be on the, the pre No, tour? I mean, we'd, we'd been thinking about it for a while, you know, but, you know, and then, of course, we had um, 
pandemic and whatever, which completely screwed everything up. Sure. Um, but uh, no, I think, I, you know, I'm really looking forward to this. We've known Heap a long time. You know, we've played a lot of gigs with them, festivals and stuff in Europe. And um, they're great guys. They're a great band. And, and it just seemed, you know, just seemed a, a sort of good thing to do, really. And it's a co-headline tour. So we're, both bands are sort of playing the same length of time. I don't actually think there's going to be any opening bands on as far as I know there's no opening act so basically it's an evening with Heap and Saxon and Heap will close the shows where they're more popular and we'll close the shows where they are where we are it's incredible I was uh when I was looking at the the uh press release uh I, I didn't realize that they you know of course they, they've been around a, a little bit longer than you guys but I, I think I was reading it was like 54 or 55 years or something and it's just uh it's incredible. I mean, most most bands don't even make it to to forty years, and here you guys are, are coming up on fifty years. They're past fifty years. I mean, it, it's it's really yeah. remarkable, and really speaks to the the legacy and the impact of of both bands. Really, yeah, yeah. That I, I said, um, Uriah, the original Uriah Heap. It was uh, well, almost the original Uriah Heap. I mean, that was the third gig I ever went to, which I think was on the Demons and Wizards tour or the Magician's Birthday. I can't remember. Oh, wow. uh, but that was the first gig I ever went. Oh, I was a big Heat fan. Had all their albums, you know, loved them. And you guys have never toured together before, correct? Not a proper tour, no. Just some shows here or there or something. Yeah, yeah, festival things, indoor festivals sometimes, you know, in Germany, for instance, and, and things like that. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of older bands nowadays, it seem, you know, they like to do these uh, fly-ins on the weekends or whatever as opposed to, full-blown touring but obviously uh, you know obviously you're you're u.s based but saxon being predominantly a, a european-based band doing you know u.s weekend fly-ins isn't really an option it doesn't make any sense so but is it you know especially at the the large club and, and theater level where saxon is over here is it tough to be on the road uh, for extensive periods of time uh, this uh, at this stage of of the band's career no i, I mean i i don't think so i mean i really i really enjoy it um we sort of tend to, it's funny, people go, well, well, how do you do it? Do you do tour bus or do you do hotels or whatever? I mean, personally, I love a tour bus. I like to get on that. You know, we do the gig, get on the bus, get a bit hammered with beer and wine or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then, and the bus trundles on, you know. Sure. And, uh, and, we, can, and we can sort of crash out. And, and I, I've sort of said this before. It's like, I mean, I actually prefer it because by the time, you know, you've had your apres show beverage, so we say. <laughs> um, you know, you might get an adrenaline's down. You might go to bed at half past two or something like that. Now, if you're in a hotel, you might have to get up at eight o'clock. Yeah, absolutely. There's, Whereas uh, with a tour check, bus, you can stay in bed and, and get up and go in in lunchtime or even later if necessary. My body will tell me to wake up when it when it's had enough rest, you know, and, and I prefer it. So uh, that's why I like a tour bus. Well, the uh, the current U.S. dates uh, that are announced are mostly East Coast and and uh, some yeah. Midwest in there, but I'm assuming yeah. there's going to be uh, additional dates for the the West Coast and uh, maybe yeah, some I mean, Canada. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at them maybe for a bit later in the year, you know, towards maybe November or something like that. I think. And would it be uh, still with with uh, Uriah Heap? I'm assuming. I would presume so. I couldn't. I couldn't confirm that. Sure. Uh, a couple things uh, before we wrap this up. I know you got a, another uh, another one right after this, but uh, I did want to ask how is uh, how's your health these days? I think it was about ten years ago. I know you had uh, quite a scare with the 
the the ruptured brain aneurysm and and stuff yeah. like that. Are, are you uh, you guys all feeling good? Yeah, no, I feel feel great actually. You know, feel really good. I mean, that was a a total freakish thing that happened. Yeah. You know, it was like it was um, pretty scary. I mean, um, I was in I was in hospital for a month. I had two brain operations basically. That's um, wow. And um, the the surgeon actually told my wife to be prepared for the worst. Oh, wow. Um, no kidding. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was like a millimeter from popping off basically, but it was funny because I mean, it was, it was near Newcastle where it happened. I ended up in hospital in Newcastle in the North of England. And the, the next tour we did, I invited the surgeon to the gig. <laughs> did he, did so he came along. It was great. We had a few wow. beers after and everything. And he was great. And he actually said, you know, he, he said, you're an effing freak. And I said, why? He said, well, because he said, if you survived, I wasn't expecting you to be able to play drums again for maybe for 18 months, two years. That's just to play drums. And yeah. uh, I was back on tour in, when did it happen? It happened sort of December. I was back on tour in playing festivals in April. Oh, my God. So you wasted no time at all. No, I was like, no, it was, but I'll tell you what was really surprising. I mean, being in hospital for a month, I mean, half the time I didn't know what the hell was going off because they'd screwed around with the brain and what, you know, whatever was going off. Yeah. And uh, I was in this sort of, I was in this sort of ICU unit, this specialist unit, and but they had a, they had a door lock, right? And apparently I tried to get out. I mean, it wasn't a mental unit, but apparently I, I tried to get out. I tried to leave and it was like they had to drag me back to my bed. I don't remember any of that, you know. Wow. But what was really strange was that, um when i got out i went up to because saxon had i think a few more shows to do and my drum tech actually played them um and he um you know i went up there but i got up on my he was using my kit but i got up there to play you know in in um sound check i mean i was surprised how much muscle wastage there was i mean there was no way i could do one gig yeah no way i mean it, i was knackered after one song you know wow so, anyway, but you know that's all in the past now, all done and dusted. So yeah, no, well that's that's incredible. I, I guess I didn't realize it was it was that bad. That's that's uh, incredible. Um, <laughs> one other thing too that that I wanted to ask before we wrap this up uh, is there anything uh, new uh, maybe this year or, or uh, in, in the near future with Six by Six, your project with, um, with Ian Crichton and Robert Barry? Yeah, we're sort of we've got a, we've got a, a second album coming out in in April. Oh, you know, and you know, so keep your ears peeled for that one. But at the moment, I'm totally in Saxon mode, so you know. So, if will there be any any uh, touring with that, or or not not for quite some time? If there is, um, we'll we'll just we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, we want to do something, sure. You know, we'll have to see, but obviously, Saxon's the priority. Yeah. Well, make sure you check out Hellfire and Damnation. It's out now, and you can catch Saxon and, and Uriah Heep across the U.S. this year and uh, well, all over the world, really. Uh, Nigel, thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me on.